to No Improvement, a sort of funny talk show that explores the vast, untapped potential of TV shows, books, films, and more. I'm Tia. I'm Polonia. And today we are talking about a lot of stuff. We're talking about The Room by Tommy Wiseau, and we're talking about, oh my god, did I say his name wrong? I feel like I watched this entire movie, and I don't even know if I said his last name right. I mean, a mystery, (sighs) but Wiseau is pretty much it. Okay, and we also... uh, watched the dis- the disaster artist and you read the book the disaster artist which the movie read was based by on. greg yeah written Greg's by story. greg and uh and another guy who i assume helped him write because he is not a writer yeah he's an actor um yeah. so yeah so a lot of stuff to talk about we figured we'd talk about the room first because i saw it for the first time um, oh man how was that well i didn't realize that it was so pornographic <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot of sex scenes, like a surprising amount of sex scenes. Really long. It was sort of like the music is also real bad. Yeah, like there's that song that's like, (laughs) You are my rose or something. That's just that line over and over again. Good stuff. Quality. It's sort of like um if just like porn was more storyline than it was. But like storyline that's completely incomprehensible. Because like it's (laughs) not important. What really is important is the porn. It so. does. It does feel that way. That's for sure. Yeah. Every time uh, a sex scene would start, I would just look at Tim and be like, "Again, like again." There's another <laughs> one, and like, like twenty minutes in, it's still going, and you're like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, they all are very front loaded too. Like, it's just like immediate when the yeah, movie starts. It's true, and then it um <laughs> dissolves into drama. Oh man, oh. such such drama. My favorite part is how. Uh, Greg's character um, is always saying, like, what are, what are you doing? What's, what's going on What's here? going on? <laughs> yes, <laughs> like, you should know by now. <laughs> like, we all know. Yeah, just like the sexy dress, the candles. What is he trying to do here? What's going on? <laughs> Mark, Mark, you dumbass. Yeah. Come on. It's pretty remarkable. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was overall quite an experience to watch i i'd yeah. seen clips of it like i'd seen the part where he walks to the store and pets the dog and then leaves <laughs> like in two seconds oh yeah yeah i've seen that one and i've seen your tearing, you're tearing me apart, me apart. <laughs> yeah i've seen those two um but there were so many other gems uh oh, i yeah. thought actually that lisa's mom that actress was like doing real work in that movie. yeah <laughs> like everyone I mean, else she, got, sort she of... had some stuff to the the part where she's just like and i'm dying i got the test back and i definitely have breast cancer yeah what yeah the she shit. she had a lot going on she was pretty interesting <laughs> um yeah it kind of felt like watching the movie like because johnny slash tommy is just like sort of a strange unusual <laughs> person and like it it felt almost like a character had gotten replaced and he had he was the replacement <laughs> into the movie and you're they just grabbed like, a random man yeah and they're like, like you're in a movie now you're gonna be in it and like he doesn't <laughs> seem to fit in the way that the rest of the people do yeah um, which i felt like was something they sort of tapped into in the disaster artist movie 
which was like mm-hmm. everyone is always like, oh, you should be a villain because you you seem like you're a vampire and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, I just want to be a normal guy. And so he like made this movie where he's a normal guy, but like it doesn't work in part because he is like he doesn't seem like the hero character. He does seem like he would be cast as like a strange villain. Um, but he plays someone nice. And I was like, get it. But also, like, he wasn't that nice in that movie. Because, like, <laughs> at the end, everyone just kept calling Lisa skank for, like, <laughs> just, like, so many times. It piles on real quick. Like, that was something on a rewatch. I was like, wow. They are all, like, no one's great in this. Like, also, yeah. the motivations keep Flip it like people are just like oh I understand her no she's a complete whore like yeah it's just like, like what the, the fuck when he calls her and he's like I don't care about Johnny anymore I want your body <laughs> and then like he shows up and he's like here's a cake and I don't want you anymore and I'm like oh my god what is happening <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty complex it's oh yeah no it's it's a real character study into human motivation and human behavior and the disaster uh, artist is a character study of Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> But, 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 like, can we ever understand him? He is still so much an enigma. Yeah, he's very mythical. Um, yeah. He, he basically, so the whole thing with The Room is he wrote it, directed it, I'm using quotes here, mm-hmm. produced it, and starred in it, and he just kind of, like, made it, and no one knew where he came from. Like, people still don't know where the fuck he comes from. It is the subject of great debate. He has someone on Reddit endless amounts of money. <laughs> yeah. He has endless amounts of money and uh he does not like to talk about how old he is or where he comes from. He says New Orleans. It keeps coming up. <laughs> I and feel he keeps like saying he's Greg's age, which is like, you know, impossible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it does it seems almost like he has like a shady past, like he used to be a criminal or something. That is that is a lot of what people are like. He's totally a drug dealer, right? He's just like in so these secretive about it that it like <laughs> makes you suspicious. Like people online are like, no, he just sold jackets. And it's like, well then why is he acting so weird about it? Like, is it just because he's a little strange or like is there yeah. something deeper that he's hiding? Yeah, and I would like to say that I got more out of the book, but he's still an enigma. Um, mm. But I will say the major difference, uh, and I want to know if you felt this with the movie, the major difference between the Disaster Artist, the movie, and the Disaster Artist, the book, is uh, the Disaster Artist, the movie, is a lot nicer to Tommy Wiseau. Like, oh, he really? seems a lot less of a monster. And Greg is a lot more of an idiot <laughs> in that. Like, I was reading the book, and I was like... Greg wrote the book, so... (laughs) He has so much suspicion about him, and, like, there's a point where it's, like, they have a horrible fight, and it's, like, Tommy was always, like, borderline abusive to him, and I'm Mm. like, yeah, this is bad. But in the movie, Greg's kind of just like, gee, gee, Tommy, this thing's great. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) it's kind of like... And I think Tommy was so had to have, like, they they had to ask him for permission Mm. on the final script. That makes sense. So it's like Tommy Wiseau's version <laughs> of the book, sort of. of of the book, which is a lot less like it's a lot more sympathetic to him. Yeah, and it makes Greg uh, like a dumbass, uh, which he isn't. <laughs> I mean, he kind of is, but he also isn't. He's just very desperate, is the impression I get. Um, mm. Well, what in the book was like the big fight that they had? Oh, okay. So you know how in the this is like one of the big changes. 
uh, mm-hmm. from the book to the movie. You know how in the movie uh, they show up in LA and they're like, we're going to share this apartment. I'll have this tiny little curtain area. You can stay in the bedroom. Uh-huh. Uh, in actuality, what happened is he's renting Tommy Wiseau's place. Tommy Wiseau is living in San Francisco at this point. There's mm-hmm. like a really long part of the book where it goes into like Greg's background and like the other jobs he got beforehand mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And that goes that uh, is a lot longer uh, in the book. And basically, at some point, he's get he gets like a movie. And Tommy starts getting really weirdly jealous about it Mm. and like obsessive and it gets really creepy, like really creepy. They do have that vibe in in the movie, but. But it's like worse. Like you kind of get the impression in the book that Tommy's like going to skin him. uh, (laughs) That's not good. (laughs) Like in the movie, it's like, it's kind of weird, but in the book, it's like desperate and sad like mm-hmm. it gets really bad, but the whole fight is because um, I forget what leads up to this, but basically Tommy's like, "You can't stay in the apartment anymore. I'm gonna live in L.A. I'm gonna be an actor. You need to get out." And um, they have this huge blow up fight. Tommy's driving apparently almost kills them a lot because oh, he's no. driving really bad and like yelling. He calls him like some names. Uh. It's it gets really uncomfortable, and then basically, like it, Greg is like, I don't know where I'm gonna live tomorrow, and um, then Tommy shows up the next day, and he's like, I hope this is forgotten, and it basically there's like a line <laughs> where it's just like he he knows he has this power over me, and I can't leave because I have nowhere else to go, and I was like, Oh no, Greg! Oh no, Greg! Get this out! This really is a, this is a bad relationship. Yeah, <laughs> like save yourself. Um, mm, I see. But yeah, there's like a lot of like there's really a lot of like lower moments like in the movie. It's relatively light. The book goes low a lot where it's just Mm -hmm. like there's a everyone walks off set at one point. Like the whole crew leaves. Oh, wow. Um, Like Seth Rogen's character is gone halfway through filming. Don't blame Um, him. (laughs) I mean, like everyone's gone. They they there's a whole thing where they lose a bunch of the actors really early on. Like the actress who plays. Michelle, who's not even in the movie, mm. the disaster artist, not she's in the room. The one who the friend. I think she, she is gets in the movie. fired. I don't remember her. She, she like is she talks um with them at lunch, I think. Because I was oh, just like, who is that? Yeah, that's <laughs> so. that yeah, that was her. Um okay. yeah, there's a whole thing where oh my god, this is another huge change. Um, so <laughs> at the beginning of filming, someone else is already cast as Mark. Oh. Uh and then That's weird. Tommy is like talking to Greg in a car and he's like, I want you to be Mark. And Tommy, Greg's like, no. <laughs> and Tommy's basically like, I will give you a lot of money. And he's like, how much money? And then it says, he told me how much money. It was a lot. And then they never say exactly how much. But basically he gets paid into playing Mark. Hmm. But Tommy does not want to fire the guy they already hired to play Mark. So they have this whole scheme where they're like, we're going to say, we're going to shoot with you on rehearsals because you need to build a demo reel and we're just not going to oh tell the God. other guy and he's just going to be there and not do anything. Uh, and it gets very uncomfortable and eventually the they uh, he like confronts Tommy and Tommy's like, get the fuck out. And uh, he also fires the actress who played Michelle originally because they were dating and I guess he didn't want Wait, her there. Tommy was dating her? No, 
the guy oh. who was playing Mark oh, was the dating original? the actress. Yeah. Oh my was God. Playing, yeah, it was it so complicated. really complicated. <laughs> and then, like, there's just so many stories where you're just like, oh, my God, this man is a terrible human. Like, he's mm-hmm. awful. He's so awful. And the movie, so I read the book after seeing the movie. The movie's so much nicer about him. Right. And it, he's not great in the movie. Yeah. But it's like. He's good enough to get. So much more sympathetic. The real guy's approval of the movie. Yeah. It's yeah. so sympathetic to him. Like the whole last scene where they're screening it and he's like in tears. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to be like, oh, look, at, look, they're cheering for you, Tommy. They're cheering for you. It's like. Mm-hmm. They shouldn't be, though. Yeah, I'm just like, <laughs> mm. like he paid the actress who paid Lisa, like apparently a pittance, which I'm like, oh, you deserve more, babe. <laughs> uh, he's just a, a very. <laughs> mean person but um yeah i don't know <laughs> Did you, what is the vibe you get of tommy Russo, uh having seen uh the room <laughs> and the disaster artist the movie well i definitely think um they do make him look relatively sympathetic in the movie what's weird is that like before i saw the movie i read this review where the reviewer was like, they were not nice to Tommy in the movie. They made him look really bad. And like after I saw the movie, I was like, I don't think they made him look that bad. Like he's a sh- like he's not like he's there's not a lot of work with here. Yeah, like you know he's a strange person. Yeah, I kind of felt like um, it seems like the book was a lot. I mean, naturally, when books become movies, books are way more in depth. Um, but the movie, I felt like it was more like all these I mean you kind of get the sense from the beginning when they show all these actors talking about the room that the movie is about these people who were like really entertained by the room and they're sort of just like getting to play all the memes from the movie like the original movie that they think are funny so like it was more it was definitely a lot lighter um and like it shows the storyline of how the um the movie was made but it really feels more like they're just sort of celebrating the film yeah. rather than exploring the lives of these people. Um, especially and, like at the end when they show all the side by sides, like that was sort oh, of yeah. like the fun part. Like it's like, this is fun because the room is crazy and we wanted to make a movie about the room because it's so crazy. Less like we need to expose Tommy for being a terrible person, <laughs> which just seems like the book was uh, the goal of the book was. I mean, it, it ends, uh, I was kind of worried because I was like, Jesus Christ, this is sad. Like halfway through the book, it just gets real, real depressing. You're like, but I it need does to end on like, <laughs> like the last page is very optimistic. And it's like, uh, he's, it's more of like, I can't really blame Tommy. Like he's a strange, awful human, but like he he's very, uh, I think the, you know, it's his, um, oh, what's the word? Uh. It's a sincerity. Like, he believes everything he says, even if he's completely lying through his teeth. Mm-hmm. And, like, he wanted to make a drama so bad that he made a terrible, terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Because he doesn't understand his strengths. Yeah, that does if, come if through. Um, <laughs> that does come through in the movie. Then he's sort of just, like, he really 
believes. I mean, there are moments where it seems like he doesn't believe in himself, but for the most part, he's a very confident man. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wanted to ask how you felt about the the casting because I have different feelings coming up at it after reading the book, but like particularly uh, casting Franco Brothers as Greg and uh, Tommy. Um, I don't. I feel like I don't. I didn't have super complicated thoughts on. It. I remember when I first heard about that, I was like, "Oh, weird nepotism." <laughs> um, and then like watching it, I like there were sort of distracting moments where I would just remember they were brothers, <laughs> and like I'd be like, "Ah, <laughs> like I'm out of the movie now." Um, yeah. but in terms of how, I mean, I guess like the obvious answer is that, uh, because they're brothers, the way they're portrayed is like very brotherly, like. We're still, like, even when we hate each other, we're still, like, we're still brothers, you know? We're, like, we're family. Yeah. Um, and so that vibe sort of carries over. Um, but I I feel like, in a way, it shouldn't because it's, like, really weird that... The, I mean, I guess they're trying to, like, justify the friendship between Tommy and Greg. But it is such a weird, like, friendship. Yeah. And it seems like in the book they're more, like, it wasn't totally a friendship. Like, what? How? How would you describe the relationship in the book? Like in the beginning, were they uh, friends, or was it just like Tommy it does had seem opportunity to be, to be a thing? Where um, I want to say like the first part where he sees him in the acting class, like that was probably the most accurate part to the book because he mm -hmm. just like looks at him and he's fearless and he's like, I need to that energy. Like, oh my god, I think there's a line where it's like he describes Tommy like what he's doing in acting class and it's like someone had to be great to do that otherwise it's ridiculous <laughs> and he like, judged it wrong because it was <laughs> ridiculous yeah it's like you no know, he's just he's just like that um but it does start from like this place of kind of genuine uh friendship and like i'm gonna achieve my dreams and then a lot of weird dynamics come in and it becomes really weird like greg's finding success tommy's really jealous about it and starts doing weird shit like he brings a guy home like not even home because it is technically tommy's apartment but greg's renting it and he brings a guy he met at like an acting class to greg's place and he's like see i can make friends like he literally says that he's <laughs> like i can make friends i have other friends you're not the only one who has other friends greg that's what i say and to all like, my friends <laughs> remind them of their place <laughs> like um and it's fun because so the book is uh divided in a different way than the movie is the movie is very linear yeah the book starts off with the first day of shooting the room oh, okay. and then the next chapter is greg's backstory and so you have the plot line of greg kind of going through life and then where he meets and befriends Tommy up until they make the room. And then the other one is them making the room. Hmm. So you get these kind of two points because they're both kind of parallel where um, they kind of start off in a place where they're their buddies. And then they kind of both devolve around the same point because they have a really big falling out right before they make the room together. Uh, and they have a falling out near the end of the thing, which was funny because I, at the end of The Disaster Artist, it's like Greg and Tommy are still friends and they talk every day. And I was like, that's not the impression I get from this book, but sure. <laughs> um, so that was interesting because you kind of start off and you're like, everything's great. And then it like very like in two different timelines is like crashing. 
horrifyingly right. into the sand. But um, the it uh, to go back briefly to the the casting choices because I have my two cents. Uh, the um the impression I get off of their dynamic in the movie is that Tommy is very much in love with Greg. Like that is and it wait comes in the movie up, or in the yeah, book. In the movie. There is sort of that weird vibe. Because <laughs> he kind of seems just seems to be like pining for him in the book since it's elaborated more on. It's less of a pining for Greg, it seems, although that comes up a lot. There's like a lot of weird stuff where they like are like Tommy keeps mentioning stories where guys try to have sex with him and it's like, what why? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Why are you obsessed with this dude? A- anyways, um, but it's more like he's just really desperate for a friend and Greg right. is the first person who approached him. And so he's like, my friend, hi, <laughs> and just like really gets his little claws in him. Um, mm-hmm. But one thing I did want to mention as another big difference I highlighted from the book is uh, books a lot more like multicultural. And I mean that in that. Uh, so really, I think it's the second chapter when you hear Greg's background. His mom is... Um, She's French something. Uh, I think French Spanish. Wait, let me check. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a thing that keeps French Sicilian. Yeah, it keeps coming back. Like his ability to speak French oh, okay. is important in like it's it's one of the things that first uh, makes him notice Tommy because a French kid in their acting class talks to Tommy and he's like, oh, a French person. Tommy clearly can speak French because he speaks French back at the guy. Mm. Um, And then like the, I think it's the director of photography on set is also French. And that's like one of the reasons he and Greg get along because they're like, Mm. Hey, France. (laughs) But, um, and there's like a lot of other characters who are like Hungarian and stuff, like just background actors, but everyone in the movie is so American yeah, everyone is very Including American. it. And like uh, the thing that uh, um, like stuck out to me most was uh, like his mom's actually in the movie and she's played by um, that actress who's whose very name famous. I can never remember. From Will and Grace, right? <laughs> I know her as being married to uh, oh, Ron. Ron Swanson. So, <laughs> yeah. But um, Tammy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, I'm like. Uh, did you do this specifically so you could cast all your buddies? Like, I get I it, but, like, <laughs> I mean, sure. But also, it kind of felt like a missed opportunity. Although, it was funny. So, my whole theory about this movie, and it dawned on me while I was reading the book. Uh-huh. Because they were mentioning the whole part with, um, I forget what his name is in the movie. Uh, Who? You know, in the room, the kid... Oh, yeah. Josh Hutcherson. Yeah. Well, I'm not about like the the room, the movie. Um, right. That guy. But yeah, I, I was laughing so hard when I saw him. Um, yeah, yeah, it was really funny. Who just kind of he's just kind of around and he's supposed to be in his teens and he keeps being like weird and like trying to invite himself into threesomes and stuff. Yeah. With, uh, Johnny and Lisa. Yeah, that guy. He is. The, he was the oldest actor of like him and Greg and Lisa and like the other actors. He was the and oldest they, one. Yeah, and they cast him to be like the baby the baby face team. Um Why? And I don't uh. Tommy works in mysterious ways. Um but, 
My that kind of like struck a light where I was like, the reason the disaster artist feels so weird to me as a movie is because it's like Tommy Wiseau's version of the book, The Disaster Artist, where like Greg's right. his friend, everyone's American, <laughs> people are playing yeah, characters who are younger than they yeah. are. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> it was like except for except for him, he's he's younger and he's hotter. I mean, it's it's weird because like I don't know how you felt about that extended nude scene where uh, Jeremy Sparrow is just walking around with like a sock on his dick, but mm-hmm. um, Tommy Wiseau's body is like also weirdly buff, but his skin is also slightly melty, so um, <laughs> it's a very different vibe. You get he looks like naked. a wax figure came to life. <laughs> yeah, I was like the whole scene where he was walking around in the disaster artist. I was like, oh my god, he would make a perfect Frankenstein's monster, like just. <laughs> perfect yeah i mean i know i saw in some interview with james franco that he said that uh tommy approved like 99.9 percent like he after he watched the movie he said like that was 99.9 percent accurate so i think it <laughs> it's it's correct to say that it was very much tommy's version of the sort of events of the book yeah sort of uh, a combination of the two things oh one of the things i wanted to ask you about the book yeah, um, yeah. i read online that they mentioned because um, in the movie, uh, Seth Rogen's character goes to the bank, and the bank teller is like, "Oh, it's a bottomless yeah. pit." And then I heard that was also in the book, and I was like, "Yeah, Who, who's pers- that's a straight quote." <laughs> yeah, whose perspective was that from? Was it still Seth Rogen's uh, character, or no? I mean, the whole book is told from Greg's perspective, so but it's Greg basically just there? like stories. Yeah, no, it's um, it's like the stories they tell on set. Like Seth Rogen's character oh, did I see. do that, but like. He came back on set and was like, hey, when, guess the what they told me at the bank? <laughs> yeah, and like the, the comment he makes when he says that story is like, that was wildly unprofessional. And like we had to wonder how much money it actually was for the bank teller to break confidentiality like that. Yes. Yeah, and just tell him to his face like, no, no, no. There's so much fucking money here. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> but um, no, that's that's actually accurate. Yeah, yeah it was weird because in that scene in the movie, I was like, "How would they possibly like? How would they know <laughs> this?" But that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, there was a lot of like gossip happening on set, which like the whole thing where he was filming everybody for the making of thing and then mm-hmm. like confronted them. That's also a part of it. But yeah, that was pretty creepy. <laughs> yeah, that that happens in like a bigger blowout with the cast where he's like, "And I've been watching you," and they're all like, "Oh." <laughs> they're all like we're not surprised but we are mad <laughs> like, well actually it makes them kind of sad because like they're they're revolting at that point and he goes like i know what you say about me and they all feel kind of bad about it mm. <laughs> so it works for him Interesting. but uh it is terrifying for uh many reasons um and uh th- mm-hmm. no, no no you go I was going to ask you another question about the book. Yeah, yeah. So at the end of the movie, I thought it was sort of one of the weirder moments. It was like when the audience is watching the premiere and they're just kind of like laughing nonstop. Like, yeah. how did they describe the premiere in the book? Because I oh. sort of felt like it was very exaggerated in the movie. And I, yeah, that was like and they don't my explain things like, part. why is everybody there? Like, there's yeah. so many people. But basically, a lot of things happen the same some things are different like it's weird because it's really small details mm-hmm. but like weird small details like when Tommy shows up in the limo he uh-huh. also has um like a really famous director's wife and daughter in there wait I have to find their name <laughs> that's weird <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's just he's like you're in my family up. now <laughs> <laughs> he's just like Mark's just like oh Greg uh, like why how are they here what the fuck <laughs> 
Um, oh shit, where are they? Uh, oh, Stanley Kramer, who directed Guess Who's Coming to Dinner and gave Marlon Brando his first film role. So, like, that guy's wife and daughter are in the limo, too. And they apparently, like, they were describing the daughter brought Tommy Wiseau to, like, a tribute to Robert De Niro and, like, introduced him to people. And it was, like, a really baffling story. I'm like, what (laughs) the fuck has Tommy Wiseau been doing? recognize that the man is strange? (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was that happens. Um, there's like a whole uh like bit where um they like stop in the like by the side of a street where there's a bunch of tourists. They like open the sunroof. He leans out and he starts throwing t-shirts and stuff at them, and he's like, "Come to my opening." <laughs> um, and then he also like Greg notices at the opening, it's like there's a lot of people here, and he notices like a guy dressed like Elvis go in, and he's like, "I'm pretty sure they hired, they they hired a character casting agency." More than one people. to fill. Yeah, he says they might as well have requested the entire citizenry of the island of misfit toys. Uh, huh. So yeah, that's how the theater got filled. Um, and they actually don't go into what happened after the movie starts playing because the very last paragraph is like, and then the lights go down and I couldn't see him anymore. And oh, it's, okay. it, it ends so they there. don't. Yeah, so they don't go into like whether they're like laughing. Oh no, they're laughing at me. No, they love you. Look <laughs> at it like that. No, no, no word as to if that actually happened. Interesting. But um, yeah, that was horrifyingly probably accurate. Although once again, <laughs> the people who walked off set, including Seth Rogen's character, did not come to the premiere because they were not invited. Because according to Tommy, they betrayed him. So uh, of course, yeah, that's a big thing in the room. Betrayal. Yeah. You're tearing me apart. Yeah. <laughs> You're all tearing it, me apart. Yeah, it goes into like, uh, Greg keeps being like, I don't know what it says about both of us that he wrote me this part of like the friend who sleeps with his girlfriend, fiance. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. Wait, when Tommy gives him the script near the end, he's like, it's our story. <laughs> he's just like, uh okay <laughs> and he's like reading it and he's like trying to figure out what part of it is their story. And Craig's like this, this is not how I remember anything happening <laughs> hmm. um but one of the things I thought was the most interesting about the book and it comes in relatively late is um so Greg describes several points his friends are kind of creeped out by Tommy they're like we don't know what the fuck he's like he's obsessed with you and we're terrified and you need to leave like they're like trying to get him out of this abusive relationship and one of his friends does this by taking him to see um have you ever seen or read the talented mr ripley no but i've heard of it (laughs) so it's about a character who's i think he's a sociopath he basically wants to be like a certain like bourgeois kind of character and so he just he becomes obsessed with this one guy he finds out everything he needs to find out to be his friend and he basically like impersonates his way into becoming who he wants to be but then eventually things fall apart and he beats him to death with an oar in a boat um and so like during the like the scene where he's like beating him to death (laughs) with an oar like his friend turns to greg and is like tommy um so (laughs) There's that, and I was like, holy shit, that is kind of that. And then there's a whole scene a couple of chapters later where Tommy Wiseau's like, we need to see this movie, Greg, and it's (laughs) Talented Mr. Ripley. And apparently, like, like, 
Greg's like, oh my God, is he going to realize he's basically this character? <laughs> and like, was like crying while they're watching the movie and he leaves and they're not talking. And then this is his big impetus to writing The Room is he's like, I'm going to write my own version of this movie. And you're going to be my friend who betrays me. And you're going to be called Mark or because <laughs> Mark Damon. Because he can't remember Matt Damon's name. Oh, my God. It's it's a fucking wild. But I was, I was sitting there. I was like, oh, my God. Does he have like any self-awareness? And huh. he does to a certain extent. But Greg's ultimate realization when he's reading the actual script he came up with based off of this is that he, like, didn't, he, like, sort of got it, but he also completely missed the point. Like, he was like, like, you came so close to getting what the the importance of this movie was, Mm -hmm. and you just went right by it, and, I mean, like, we have a, a classic bit of cinema from it, but, like, Jesus. Yeah. That's crazy. It's crazy to hear uh, how different the book is from the movie. Yeah, I mean, like, there's a lot here. (laughs) I don't know if you could put everything in it, but the tone is very different. Uh, Like, really early on, Greg becomes disillusioned with Tommy, um, whereas he's just very wide-eyed about the whole thing. That I mean, that makes a lot more sense to me, because when I was watching the movie, I was kind of like, when is Greg gonna, like, stand up for himself at all. <laughs> like, it yeah. seems like he just bends to the will of this strange person at, at, every, yeah. at every turn. And there were other bits that were kind of moved around, like the whole thing where he's like, I have to... Uh, Brian Cranston offers him a role, but right. he has to keep the beard. Then he shaves the beard, uh, and his girlfriend leaves him. Like, that is... That sort of happened, but it wasn't him. It was another character oh who was like i need to go because we're over shooting schedule and i have other commitments and then i was like all right fine and then he replaces him with a completely new character who just shows up like right at the end and has like has oh my god is that who that guy was that's who that guy is oh my god he's that the one who was like so much yeah, he's all mad at Lisa, and I was like, "Yeah, who are he was you? like, he he was the psychiatrist who's early on in the story, but like that actor just left. Wait, at what? some point, that's supposed to be the same guy. Yeah, I just well, no, thought it was it's not d- supposed to be the same guy. He like took the lines that were supposed to be that guy, and he just oh, wrote a new character. Wait, so the psychiatrist guy, a friend or whatever, he yeah. was the one who got fired. He didn't fi- he he like oh, he just was left. like I have another th- like I told you at the beginning I had another <laughs> thing to film right now we are way over shooting schedule. Oh okay. And then Tommy's like fine leave if you don't care about art. And, it's pretty, and he was it's like okay good. bye. <laughs> yeah basically he just is like all right well see ya. Man that's crazy. Uh, yeah it's it's pretty. I would recommend this as a read it is bananas. Um <laughs> Love a good banana. Like every time something happened, I was just like, oh, my God, how are we going to top this? And like, next scene, we've topped it. <laughs> it's oh like, it's topped. Well, that sounds really cool. Um, Definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Is there anything uh, else we want to say? There's a lot of, it? I don't know. I mean, I just do want to briefly say, mm-hmm. I feel very deeply for all the women involved. Oh my god. Because it does seem like he was really weird with women and like the sex scenes especially. There is like occasional references to the fact that like I think it's Greg's mom who says like if he spent six million dollars which is how much he spent to make the room 
um, so he could make out with a woman for a couple hours, then he's a very sad man. Uh, and he does in the auditions, like I know that the auditions, they did touch it on being kind of creepy. Right. Uh, there was a bed in that room when they were doing the auditions for the women. So <laughs> like, it's extra so creepy. creepy. Oh, and also, man. yeah, Tommy was like, you have to kiss me. That's part of the audition process. Uh, and like, Apparently, the actress who played Lisa was, like, the one who was, like, willing to. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's it's very sad. Although, I'm proud to say, I was worried going into it. Because I was, like, the whole sex scene part of the movie. I was, like, oh, my God, someone save her. <laughs> like, yeah. Get her out of there. It um, was nice to see people stand up for her. <laughs> yeah. Like, apparently, that is pretty true. It was, like, there's not. it doesn't get worse in the book. Like, I was, like, oh, my God, if that's how the movie did it, is it going to be, like, terrible in the book? But... Mm-hmm. It didn't get worse. And the whole part where, like, everyone on the crew is, like, fighting the urge to punch Tommy is, like, accurate. Mm-hmm. They're all just like, oh. And he does say the thing where, like, but it's in a different scene where she has, like, a mole on her shoulder. And he's like, cover it up. It's disgusting. Like, mm-hmm. that was a thing. But it was in the scene where she's wearing that weird orange tank top thing. So, uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Iconic. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's pretty wild. I do wonder and Greg is very nice to everyone involved um on set apart from Tommy because they all basically were like suffering together and it like bonded to them as a group oh god the trauma but like some of the other people I'm like I want to follow up on like the lady who played the mom I'm just like what is she doing now she's one of these premieres is she still alive (laughs) when did this movie come out uh 2001 three oh she could be she could be still alive yeah she was probably <laughs> well the girl who plays lisa is now a graphic designer oh good for her yeah but she's not she got out traumatized <laughs> yeah like... she did say on her website it does say that she went into hiding for a long time because she was <laughs> so ashamed basically i think oh <laughs> um, i also want to shout out briefly this book for um they have you know when books have like the really nice glossy pages of pictures right in the middle, <gasps> mm. it, it has one of those. Oh and God. there's some pretty good ones. <laughs> Photos of what? Like pictures of Greg and Tommy circa 1998. A picture Throwing of the football the around. <laughs> Tommy Planet. No, they're like at that diner thing. Uh, they have some of uh, Greg's modeling pics, which are pretty good. Uh, <laughs> nice, nice. Some. <laughs> I mean, Greg is on the a pretty man. He is pretty. Oh, he is. Like, that was another thing. Like, I was reading this and, like, watching the movie again because I rewatched The Room after watching and reading The Disaster Artist. I was like, he is so, such a little baby face. Like, I get why he keeps calling him baby face in the movie because right. I was like, eh, Dave Franco's like, not that babyish of a face, but. Yeah, but the actual Greg guy. He really does have, like, a, a, little, a little baby face. Oh, my God, I didn't see this one. There's uh, a picture of Tommy Wiseau from the late seventies in here. Huh. Where he looks kind of like a human. Uh, impressive. All right. So his transformation occurred somewhere between the seventies and now. But he, <laughs> he, there's a picture of him from the seventies, but he won't tell people. His, he says he's the same age as Greg. Yeah, he's like also definitely at least like an adult at this point. So uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, his timeline isn't great. Oh man. <laughs> Bless him for sticking to it, though. Yeah, he's you trying. You gotta admire him. Yeah, like, just like, wow, he is committed. To, effort, weird, to everything. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> everything he takes on, he's very committed to. Uh, for better or for worse. Oh, man. 
And perhaps on that note, you should, <laughs> I think people should watch The Room and perhaps they should also read The Disaster Artist. And if you want to see the movie too. <laughs> I think yeah, the movie say, is a, a good companion to watching The Room and then watching yeah. The Disaster. It's kind of fun. I don't I don't know. I was thinking I, like as soon as I finished watching The Disaster Artist, I was like, what if, what experience is it for people who have never seen The Room to go see that? And like, would it be weird to do that? I feel like it would. But uh what if you watch them in the opposite order? That would be crazy. Yeah. Mm. I mean, <laughs> one of the comments, I think it's on Letterboxd, is like the only reason way this could get better is if during the premiere part of the movie they just play the entirety of the room (laughs) and then they end uh with the ending of the disaster artist um yeah but yeah that would be interesting (laughs) i will say the room is uh longer than i remembered (laughs) which is partly because in the first 30 minutes about a third is sex scenes Uh, long feels like it goes on forever and i'm pretty sure they use the same footage yeah no there's he definitely mentions they only shot a sex scene with Tommy uh, and Lisa. <laughs> and then they he just used the leftover footage for a second one. Okay, we definitely recognized that when we were watching. Yeah. Um, I, I will also say, for people who are curious, someone made a cut on YouTube where it's just the scenes that actually move the plot along. And that is about 18 minutes long. So if you really, <laughs> if you really you just want to see what the, the movie could have been. <laughs> I mean... I it's feel like the whole minutes. charm the whole charm of the movie is in those random ass long scenes like the scene with the dog where apparently things you learn from the book his line where he says hi doggy was improvised because he had just noticed there was a dog there. Uh, oh my god. So, you know, quality. A classic um, actor move. Improvisation. <laughs> and also all the other people except for one I think who was their makeup person in that scene were actually the people who just worked in that shop. And he was like, guess what? You can be in my movie, which is why <laughs> that scene is so bad. And it's only like two great. seconds long. Yep. Um, oh, quality. That was crazy. Yeah. So, you know, really, you could just mix and match the order in which you <laughs> read, you could, slash consume these things. Right. You could watch part of the room, pause it, watch part of the disaster <laughs> artist, pause it, just go back and forth. <laughs> read, read a little bit. In read between, a little bit, you know. Just really, really experiment with it. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot that can be done here. I mean, if Tommy Wiseau has taught us anything, it's that words can be in any order you want them to be. And uh, <laughs> it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. It'll still make a wonderful film. <laughs> um, you just got to believe in yourself. Wow. What an inspirational, <laughs> just an inspirational experience overall. I enjoyed watching both of these movies and I enjoyed hearing about the book, which sounds very interesting. Oh, man. It's a wild ride. Um, so next week we are going to be again because it's the holidays, but we will be coming back in at the very, very end of December and we will be reading for the last book of our month of books. We'll be reading One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. It's going to be a it's a murder mystery <laughs> type thing, I think. It's a, yeah, it has it's a, murder a murder mystery. in it. So I'm going to have to love me some murder. Yeah. So and then uh, we'll be back in the new year and it'll be super exciting. Yeah. New year, no, new year. Yeah. 2018. Hope it's less of a garbage fire than 2017. There <laughs> What should our... Uh, our sign-off be by mark <laughs> um, for what what is our advice that we've taken from 
the room and the disaster artist that we should end on. I don't on. know. Maybe listen to your mom and don't go with strange men in cars. Because, oh, my God. But also maybe do because it'll open a whole new avenue for you. So <laughs> Choose wisely. <laughs> yeah. It could go one of two ways. And uh, there's really no way to tell. So, And on, and on that note of uncertainty, <laughs> goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>